got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I've been reading out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Cause when it rains and it pours. And I'm ready for some more. And I've been reading. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down. We're going to be talking about all about content marketing, how to take those inbound leads from content marketing and convert those into sales. And with me today, my name's Kevin Hill. With me today is a special guest co-host. Dooner is out. His son's birthday, they're out celebrating that today. So I have Joe Lynch from the Logistics of Logistics here with me for the hour. And we're going to bring on Adam Robinson, uh, the, the new VP of uh, Marketing here at uh, Freight Waves and Sonar uh, in a bit. But how are you doing today, Joe? Great. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kevin. These are big, big shoes to fill with uh, Dooner out. <laughs> so. They are. They, they are big shoes to fill, but you can do it. You are uh, an original content marketer. I have two of the, the original content marketers in, in trucking and logistics here with me today. Uh, but, but yeah, Joe, introduce yourself to our audience for those that those few that that might may not know you. <laughs> My name is Joe Lynch, and I am the founder of the Logistics of Logistics, and I'm, I have a podcast. In fact, Kevin Hill was my second guest on. He's been on my podcast a few times. He was a guinea pig, <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm a podcaster, but I started the Logistics of Logistics many years ago as a blog when I was still running. Uh, I was a general manager of a 3PL, and then um, it became a business. So right now, I work with shippers, uh, helping them grow their sales, but I also work with um I'm sorry, shippers who are looking to improve their 3PL experience. And then I also work with 3PLs, helping them grow their sales. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, your podcast, I was the second guest on it. Your, yours was the first podcast I ever did. So, uh, yeah, so, so I, was, I was nervous and anxious, and, you know, it, but you got me through the process very well. I think the second podcast I ever was uh, on, uh, you referred me, or Adam Robinson, right, whenever he was at, mm-hmm. at Cirrus's, who will be joining us here in, in a few minutes. Uh, but you actually uh, set that one up for me uh, as well. So a special thanks from right. me to you, Joe. And, uh, and, and today we're talking about content marketing, talking about podcasts, talking about articles. Uh, I, I think you've written thousands or at least hundreds of, of blog posts and articles for, for yourself and clients and, and all the rest, right. as, well as, uh, as well as you started a, a LinkedIn group that's now over 100,000 members just based on trying to get right. your articles uh, published on LinkedIn. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So I was... Um running, uh, I was the general manager, CEO of a third-party logistics company, and um, I had come from automotive. I had a background in um, automotive, I call it the biggest, baddest supply chain on earth, and then I found myself at this little third-party logistics company. We did really good work, but one of the things, um, I had an executive coach, and she said, you should start um, blogging, and I was like, blogging? I I never understood what that was or why people would do it. And um, it was Ann Holm. She's still my executive coach. So I started blogging and and she named the, she actually came up with the name, just the logistics of logistics. And it was kind of like, that'll be a temporary name. That's a placeholder name. And then it was, oh, I really like that name. So the name came from Ann. So it was a blog for many years. And when I would write articles back in the day, you'd write an article, put it on a LinkedIn group and people were like, you're promoting your business. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course I am. Article just the same. So 
that's the way where it all began for me. And it was a weird process because, you know, I was already uh, in my forties by the time I wrote my first article and I kept thinking like, there's going to be some backlash. I'm going to write this and somebody's going to send it back. Like, how dare you publish this crap? But, um, I was off and running. I really enjoyed doing it. Sharing what you know is very important uh, to grow your own, grow professionally. It really is. And it's, it's so important in sales to, to share what you know, because people are buying from you because you are more, at least more of an expert uh, about that thing. You, you specialize uh, than themselves. And that's the reason why right. you're exchanging money for, for that value. So it's, it's really important to show off that value. And, and I think that's really one of the, the most important pieces of content marketing is, is sharing and showing off that, that value uh, without asking for anything in return to begin with. Right. And Kevin, you know, I wrote articles, probably dozens and dozens of articles. And, you know, I got some feedback and what I, and, and I, I continued to do it. I, I knew it was going to be a grind. It's no, there's no immediate gratification there. Um, but what was interesting is I did a webinar and same thing. I thought, this is crazy. What am I doing? How dare I do a webinar? But I did a webinar on how to select a 3PL. And I played it straight, even though I was at a general manager, CEO at a 3PL. I played it straight. I said, here's what I think you should get from your 3PL. Um, I think there was, when I looked at who was in the pot in the webinar, it was mostly friends, uh, competition. And then there was two shippers and I was like, well, that was great. I sweat this. I was worried about it. Um, then right after that, one of the, one of those shippers sent me a note saying, I hate my 3PL. That's why I tended to, and I thought I'm going to win business from this. I didn't, uh, that we couldn't help them. But what was weird is I put it up on YouTube. Maybe 18 months later, I got a call from some conference that, Hey, we love this. We love this webinar. Would you give a, would you present at a conference? I presented at ISM out in, I don't know, Galveston. So it was like, this works. <laughs> this works. It does. It goes back to that bottom line of it works. And it doesn't look like we're up live on LinkedIn yet. Uh, we are now? Okay, well, I'll, I'll get on LinkedIn in just a second and, and read out a few comments. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, it works. I mean, I, I think that's the reason why you, everyone should be doing this. It, it works. And you gave me a tip last week. We were talking on the phone on webinars that I had never thought about. And we do a lot of webinars uh, for, for different companies here at Freightwaves. And it, it's something that I, I hadn't ever really even thought of. And it, was, it, it should be so glaringly simple. Uh, but but I, I bet you most of our audience out here right now doesn't know this this one trick. If you're doing a webinar, what to do with the registrations? Give us your your secret tip on that. Right. So what I would always do with my registrations is I would look. So sometimes you got some guy from China. You're like, that's not gonna be a client. A lot of students. Your competition is the majority <laughs> yeah. of it, right? And but I would always look. I have a big a lot of connections on LinkedIn. You look them up on LinkedIn and you find out. Hey, I'm doing this webinar next week and I have two or three that I really want to work with. I don't, you know, I think 40% of people who sign up actually show up. If you do really well, 70% show up, right? I call them ahead of time. <laughs> I'll send them a quick email and I send an email saying, Hey, Kev, I noticed you signed up for my um, webinar. Would you, would you be willing to have a 15 minute conversation? I just want to make sure that people who sign up get what they wanted. And Everyone's like, sure, you know, why not? I, I've not had, a, for the most part, people respond to that. And since it's not a sales call, they 
sometimes really like on the, the uh, how to select a 3PL one that I did many, many times, people would go, well, I'm just not so sure the 3PL I have is the right one. And I was like, what's wrong with them? Well, they're doing this, they're doing that. I hate this. I need this. They don't have the right technology. They've just, they just blast because it's not a sales call. Normally, if you'd say on a sales call, tell me what's wrong. They know it's a sales call and they're a little guarded. So it, it's a great way. I mean, I've, I've had much more success that way than waiting until after. Yeah, and you know, and, and you know, everyone sends out reminders. You know, this is the date, this right. is the time. But but be able to go in and, and kind of do, uh, do not, not do a sales call, but kind of call qualifying, See, seeing what right. they want out of the webinar, crafts what you should be speaking about anyway, which right. d- develops right. better content for you. And we are now live, or we've I guess we've been live, but I now know that we're live on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> so uh, Jake right. McLeod says you are live. Clayton Sunley, uh, you are live on LinkedIn, and then Brandon Ferrara, uh, always interested to learn. And this is this episode's chock full of lessons for content marketing and the power of it. Um, what are one of the things that 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 you learned once you started creating all of this content, creating your content? What, what were this, the, the first few lessons you learned in in content marketing and the power of it? Right. So I think one of the things I learned early on was the difference between writing an article and um, actually collecting names. So I remember when I first wrote an article and I put on my website, then I shared it on LinkedIn. And then my web guy said, oh, yeah, like 400 people looked at that. And I go, who are they? He goes, I don't know. I go, well, wait, I want to know who they are. <laughs> That's not helpful. And so I started realizing, like, you know, you have to find a way to find out the name. So if you can have something that's download where they give you the names, great, or share it on LinkedIn and start having a, a, some some discussion. So that was one of my first early takeaways is I probably wrote dozens of articles that, you know, you see a lot of people viewed, but you don't ever really know who they are and you don't ever really connect, which is ideally what you're trying to get. You got to take that online, wrote an article, did a podcast to the offline, let's have a phone call. Yeah, you know, lead generation is is very important uh, on that because when we were talking about inbound leads and and the quality of inbound leads uh, as as opposed to outbound calls or I, I say I'll, I'll always say cold calling or you're going to cold right. email cold call is something's going to be cold and the sales process is is dramatically different with inbound leads that you generated through content marketing as opposed to those outbound phone calls so they're both very important and they both have to be right. done. Uh, at the same time, always. Right. Uh, but but what are some of the, the, the differences? Uh, you, you, we, we talked, in, in, and you have a, something that you call favorable attention. What exactly right. is right. favorable right. attention, and how is that uh, coordinated on the trust, say, say the trust spectrum? Right. So so um, when we talk about favorable attention, so like if you ever look at like some, some sales processes, that they say it begins with favorable attention. And actually, Adam Robinson will be here in a minute. We did a podcast on gaining favorable attention. And in the olden days, pre-internet, or, or even now, if you're just cold calling, um, you make a phone call, you've got that 15 or 20 seconds before they click, if they actually picked up or say, I'm not interested, where you're trying to gain favorable attention. People say, say something provocative, say something that's credentialing and provocative, say something that grabs their attention. It's hard to gain trust, you know, say something provocative to add any real value in the first 15 seconds or first 20 seconds. And so 
what we've done, in effect, is we said, let's move favorable attention online and onto podcasts and into webinars. And so rather than having to gain favorable attention in those 15 or 20 seconds, I've given myself some room because it's hard sometimes, especially when you're talking to voicemail mostly, to make that that favorable attention. And, and another thing, Kev, let's face it. If you were to call me and I'm talking to Kevin Hill and he says, I work with Freight Waves and I, and I, and I go, oh, okay. I don't, and then I type, I'm typing in your name and I find you on LinkedIn. I go, oh, look at this guy. He's got all sorts of, con- he's, he's the real deal. I want to talk to this guy as opposed to, what do you mean you're not on LinkedIn? What do you mean you got 15, 15 connections and no picture, right? Big difference. Yes. Uh, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time uh, selling carrier lists, so being a known right. person and spending the first 10 or 15 minutes of the call trying to, uh, to, trying to build trust or favorable attention or anything I could right. uh, it has changed dramatically over the last year uh, where you know, people know who I am, which it was changes the, the right. sell cycle and the, 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 the presentation. And it's nice to, uh, to have to answer questions about you know, what's it like to work with Dooner rather than um, right. who are you? You know, is this legit? Right. Are you legit? You know, are you going to be around in a month? You know, it's, it's a much better conversation and uh, getting uh, that, that amount of trust uh, just just before you even get right. on the phone with, with somebody right. is is so critical. And I have a comment here from Ivan Hernandez, who's a professional driver at Werner. Um, he says, your digital marketing of yourself is now more important than ever. Everything boils down to presentation and knowing your audience as a driver. I have submitted, as a driver, I've submitted presentations to my company with many issues as well as the fixes. So, yeah, it's all about building your brand, and that's what content marketing is. And that can be internally right. within your organization by, by internal documents and internal content marketing for yourself. Right. Or, you know, if you're in sales, then certainly external content marketing and, 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 and really giving as much value as possible without asking right. really anything in return. And that's right. a, a crucial aspect of it. Yeah. And Kevin, I think also one of the things that, you know, I didn't realize would happen, but it did happen when you're creating content, you're forced to basically go back to school and learn. So we, we all got out of school whenever we got out and we stopped writing articles. We stopped having to do all that stuff. But when you say I'm, I'm interested in what less than truckload people, what their biggest problems are, when I look at it, I, I, I'm forced to say, if I'm going to write articles, I want to write articles about their five biggest problems and the solutions I provide soft sell, of course, but I have to ask those, I have to find out what are those five biggest problems and Mm -hmm. then I have to write about them. And so it basically forces me to get and you know, basically study. And when you're writing about the problem and then you're writing about the solution, you do it enough times and you go, I became an expert in that guy's problem. It's, it's not it's a bad really, thing to do. It's not a, a bad thing to do at all. And it is, it's weird because, I mean, uh, you know, here at Freight Waves and in and, and, and the research department, we, we think about uh, things in the, in the freight markets that are so abstract uh, that uh, sitting down and – and, and actually thinking about how to to write an article in very simple language makes you think about it 
in, in a way that it really teaches you and solidifies uh, your right. expertise and what you're talking about. And that's, uh, you know, Adam Robinson, who will be on here in, in a second, has tasked me. I'm, I'm assigned one blog post per week, and I, I right. write a lot about sales and, and kind of do a flywheel type of, of motion uh, with, the, with the show and, and with topics that we're talking about, converting those into blog posts, which is very important for getting your volumes up. And you can give me your opinion of that in just a second. I have a couple couple comments here from Zachary Ramirez, uh, Director of Sales and Marketing, about Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch, what a great resource. Hey, Joe, wondering what you have seen as an effective frequency of performing webinars or other live content to generate potential connections. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, Brandon Ferrer, Joe Lynch, can I learn from you one-on-one? Shooting my shot to, to learn from one of the best. I'm a 22-year-old 20, 20, network logistics specialist with four years of experience. Uh, Rob Bussey, hello, guys. Good morning. Good morning to you, Rob. And um, and I think Rhonda was uh, right here. We go, Rhonda Zimmerman over at Global Trans. Morning, all. So, um, uh, you know, Brandon or Zachary's, um, you know, Brandon and Zachary's comments. Uh, you know, can can you respond yeah, to those? The webinars. Yeah, yeah so, the webinars. So, by the way, Zach, I got to give you a call. Uh, but um, <laughs> um, I what what I've noticed lately is, and this is some just a kind of a uh, thing I've seen lately is it seems as if there's a little bit of uh, webinar fatigue. It uh, used to be kind of a rarity, um, and you know, Freight Waves I think probably does three or four webinars a week, maybe more. I don't know. A lot. Of, I get a lot of emails for doing webinars. I am doing a webinar with a client um, coming up next week, and um, it's it's more a little more challenging to get. Um, to get the signups. And then, you know, so, you know, the, uh, I guess th- this is kind of how I look at it is I create the podcast. There's there's in my, in my mind that when you're doing a webinar, there's the pre, which you should treat as an opportunity to talk to some of the people who signed up. There's the actual event, which is just the one day. And then I want to get, I want to get opportunities from that for years to come. So make sure you post that and get that out there because a lot of people are watching that stuff after the fact. And also you have to look and say, of all the people who sign up, only 40 to 70% actually show up. And I don't know how many times I've done webinars where you get, you know, car noises and other stuff where you're like, yeah, they aren't fully engaged. So I'm not against webinars. I think that there's a big opportunity, but there is some fatigue in it too. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah, they're very valuable. I mean, they collect leads really well. Uh, you can have really good content, but it, I guess it always goes back to the, the quality of content and the differences right. between webinars and podcasts. I, I think um, I, I don't know what the, the the true difference between those two really are at the end of the day, right? I mean, because you can, right. you know, a podcast is just. Uh, the, the content consumed. of a webinar in a, in a in a little bit different format, and right. you know the best webinars are the most highly entertaining webinars that they give out the the, the best information. It's a little bit more formal uh, presentation right. than what you find in, in in podcasts, but podcasts have that that human element, that the real yes. human element, uh, and right. you do it very well. Uh, you, you bring you. out the, the human side and you, you draw out your guests to where anyone who's listening to that podcast knows them by the end of the, the podcast, which is a very right. powerful thing for right. personal branding, content marketing, uh, you know, every bucket that, or every, every check right. mark you want to put on a list, it, it hits those, right? 
Right. One more thing I'd like to say um, regarding webinars is, you know, we we put, we create webinars, we put together um, a lot of information, right? And we can get really crazy with the information. And I don't want to get too deep here with it, but, you know, we, we now know there's two types of thinking, system one thinking, system two thinking. System one is that reactionary, the, 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 the thinking that we prefer to use, right, at mm -hmm. a high level. System two is when I actually have to engage my brain a little more and be, you know, look at numbers and analyze things, whether it's right or wrong. And the nature of doing webinars a lot of times is look how much information I've packed about my new service, right? And in a lot of ways, what I think resonates better is a story. If I was to talk about, you know, a case study or a story, I think you're so much better. And I've done some podcasts on this, and I know you have too, Kev, that let your customers tell this great story about how they, um, how you serve them and help them get out of a jam. So I think that's, that some of those are some great ways to kind of change, shift gears a little bit on the webinars rather than look how much stuff I shared on this slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, in, in every marketing book, that every marketing expert, Adam Robinson will tell us the same thing when he comes on in right. just a second is a story is much more powerful than, than, than raw data right. and, and numbers. Right. People don't remember statistics. People remember the right. stories around the, the statistics, and, right. and that's, that's very important. Um, uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Zimmerman here. LinkedIn is so important to help us network and access build. LinkedIn is so important to help us network and access and, and build relationships with one another. We find the value we can each contribute to our profession. And I think, um, I think LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. And if you're just starting out uh, building a, a brand or doing content marketing, I, I would say start out with LinkedIn to, to begin with because uh, the, the content you need to share is, or snippets, right? It's a, right? it's a very good starting place for anyone doing that. And then you can you can take two or three snippets or you can take that, that snippet or that snapshot of a, a data set or research or, uh, you know, your, your philosophy that you want to get out there. Right. And you can build a blog post around that. And then you can build a podcast around that. But it's, it's content that you can, we talk about a flywheel all the time here. And that's, right. if you want to be as, uh, as productive as Joe Lynch, you have to build that flywheel. And <laughs> And have one idea go across webinars, blog posts, LinkedIn posts, right. all of that to, to really, um, you know, a rapid fire or, or shotgun the market. Right. And Kev, if I could add something, um, one yeah. of the things I've noticed lately on LinkedIn, and I'd say this is in the last six months or a year, you have people, and I'll, I'll name a few, like Michael Nemi. I'm sure you've seen some mm -hmm. of his posts. Yeah, he's been on a show. Very Right. Very well, yeah, he's on my podcast too. And he yep. did a very good job of sharing some of his ideas on LinkedIn in a very logical way. And it wasn't trying to sell anything. It was just, hey, look at this, I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna share. I also saw it from our buddy um Andrew Kelly, you know, Andrew mm -hmm. over at uh, Boxlock. He does a great job of sharing his philosophies about sales. I saw Nicole Glenn's done a great job with some uh, yes. video. Nicole Barrett too. And so I'm probably missing about 60 people here, but yes. so many people are doing a really good job of sharing that in a salesy way, just showing what they know. And, you, and sometimes I look and go, this is the most valuable thing I saw today. 
yeah, you know, Chris Jolly, uh, TJ Knusson, uh, a couple others, yeah. and we're going. Yeah. The, the, the list goes on and on. So we're, we're certainly going to have to leave uh, leave names out. Um, but one right. of the, the good things about doing things like that, what, what Nimi's doing, and, and, and others, and, and doing podcasts and doing content, is something that. Uh, and I talked to him last week, your buddy Steve Elwell, and we're going to have him on the oh, show yeah. here here in, in in the you know probably in October or, or November uh, about his concept of FUD. Can you uh, right. can you elaborate on that concept of FUD and how content marketing, becoming an expert, sharing your, your your philosophies and your market knowledge takes that out of the equation? Right. So FUD stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and those are what kill sales. Right. And Steve Steve's a good friend of mine, and he's probably one of my sales mentors. And he said just kind of in passing, is oh yeah, that's FUD. I go. FUD. And, and, and he, I go, what do you mean by FUD? He goes, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt. I go, oh, what is that? Is that a thing? And so he goes, yeah, Google it. And when you Google FUD or fear, uncertainty, and doubt, you'll see it everywhere. And what he always says is that's what propaganda is. So when somebody's trying to create propaganda, they try and that's how I think of where it originated from. It, the but dirty tricks. Church, yeah. Right, right. So if I can undermine, um, you know, somebody else, I can do it by introducing fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But um, we do, when we talk about it, we're talking about it in terms of sales. So how do I introduce FUD into my deal? Um, I'm, I'm inconsistent. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I, uh, you go to my website and it's a j- piece of junk, right? Um, I, I miss a sales call, right? I may, I'm supposed to call you. I don't. I'm supposed to send you something. I send you a poor presentation. The whole, so, so what I've done is I've added some uncertainty there. They go, you know what? I got this email from this guy and I'm not so sure, you know, they seemed right, but now I'm not so sure. And there's a million ways to add fun. So you, if I go to your LinkedIn profile and it doesn't have your job on there, you go, he hasn't updated his LinkedIn profile. Does he still work there? Right. There's a million Mm -hmm. ways we can add fun. And one way to get out of it, you know, adding fun is to share good content over time. Um, And so you don't have people saying, uh, yeah, this this guy is sketchy. Um, it's a way, you know, again, to build that trust is probably the uh, the opposite of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It is. It definitely is. Uh, Daniel Dust, uh, you know, it doesn't take a lot of FUD to, to kill any deal, too, right? No, I mean, we, no. we talked about that. Uh, Daniel Dust is a manager of uh, Carrier Sales at Load Delivered. Uh, who are... Who are a few of the best non-media organizations, 3PL carriers, shippers that you have seen at creating professional freight content and why? And, uh, you know, it's a good, good introduction into right. our guest here, who, uh, who is now part of media, but he was the best. He took a, a mid-market right. a 3PL, Saracis, and put them on the number one SEO ranking of just about anything you could think about on LTL. Everything so LTL, yep. Everything LTL, and I can hear Adam right now. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show today. Really excited to talk about what I love, and that is content marketing and, as I found out about eight years ago, freight, logistics, and the supply chain. So exactly you guys are... Right. Are again um, wonderful. We've all been on each other's podcasts, so it's really cool <laughs> to get all three of us together. Yeah. yeah so, hi, so, Adam. yeah. Uh, so, so, Adam, Adam, you are the VP of, of marketing for Sonar here at Freight Waves. But tell us a little bit about how you got into freight and content marketing. 
Well, about eight years ago, I had no idea what LTL stood for. I do know that it stands for less than truckload now. But uh, in the summer of 2012, I had left working at a social media agency and uh, had a few of my clients and really just planned to, you know, kind of try and start to build my own business. But in about September of that year, a headhunter had come to me uh, with an opportunity to come work at Saracis, uh, a 3PL uh that is based out of Minnesota, great company. They're really focused in on the LTL space. And so I kind of approached it in a way what, that I would approach any client. I looked at the atmosphere, I looked at the SEO landscape in 2012, and there wasn't a freight waves that existed. There wasn't a lot of mature content marketing that existed in the B2B space. And so it sort of looked like I was about to shoot fish in a barrel from my perspective, because I'd understood the power of ranking in search engines to find really qualified inbound and in-market leads where you can really solve their problems by answering questions based on their search. And so we really started out pretty small. I just said, okay, we're gonna do a blog per day, per business day, and eight years later, we never stopped. We published over 2,000 articles. Um, we, at one point at our peak, had over 250,000 visits to our websites from search engines, and in fact, uh, we were one of the top freight websites and definitely the top non-media website when it came to site traffic. Right. And a little small startup in 2016 came about called Freight Waves. And they started and really starting to shatter <laughs> that dominance that I had exerted over the industry. Right. And so when Saracis ultimately uh, was able to gain a lot of market share and sold to a small freight brokerage you guys may know called Global Trans earlier this year, I said, hey, at this time, you know, it might just be uh, time to join the big dogs. And so I did. And the funny thing now is as I work on content marketing and SEO for Sonar, I often find myself competing with old Adam Robinson at Saracis. And that's not a right. bad place to be. So, so I should, not. should say you to answer that guy's question, um, Adam is probably the very best marketer. Mm -hmm. I don't know of anybody better in this space. And um, I met Adam when he was still new at Saracis. And I remember... Um, I remember him sending me, you know, sending me an email or something or some message that said, uh, you're the only other guy doing LTL and doing SEO. <laughs> and uh, so Adam did a fantastic job. And you made light of this. Doing one blog post per day is not easy. The vast majority of people listening to this will never, ever do that or even try. It's hard. And I guess it gets easier over time, but it's not easy to pump out articles like you guys did over there, Adam. That's right. You know, and it's important. I think marketing operations is something that's quite undervalued and strategic planning. So when I talk to people say, well, how do I get started? And I say, just like you would with your own life, you got to have a business Maslow hierarchy of needs. And that applies with content marketing, right? You've got to be able to create this base and this foundation and then scale it up so you can do more mature things. But I'm here to tell you that the largest investment that you can make is going about a content planning exercise. And how do you do that? It's easy. You just go to all the people in your company and you interview them. You ask questions about who is your target audience? What are the problems that they're facing? What are the solutions that you provide in order to overcome that? And in that process, what will start to really pop out are common words that your audience is searching in search engines because it's all problem-based. We're mature as a society these days to where when we go to Google, and I guarantee you, you're going to Google something today, you're looking right. to find an answer. And in the world of freight, let's think about if I'm trying to reach an LTL shipper. They may say, what is the freight class of pipes? 
or how do I configure or calculate freight class, or how do I dominate in LTL with e-commerce or direct to consumers? Those are real world problems. And you need to create content and plan out content using some keyword tools that include those specific keyword uh, keywords exactly. And don't just write what is LTL freight. What you should write is match that keyword to that problem. And just like Joe said, put a little bit of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And at the end of the day, do not write an article that is just stuffing keywords, that is only just two to 300 words. You have just a short amount of time to capture that audience's attention, show them that you're the expert, and drive them to an action, which is an inbound lead, because that's your role of doing content marketing. And so they need to know that you know what you're talking about. So SEO is one thing, and content marketing is another. And that's why you have to lead with empathy in all of that, that I understand that you're going through a lot of work to make LTL shipping as effective right. as possible. But we know, and this is thinking about Saracis as an example, we know that there is no thing of problem-free shipping. And when stuff happens, when those exceptions like freight claims or invoice auditing occur, we're going to be there for you to help out. And that's very powerful. Human beings like to be spoken to they hate and, and led with value and empathy, they hate to be sold. So don't sell in your content, lead with their problems, show empathy, and provide a solution. And if you want really good examples of what Adam was talking about, go to sonar.freightwaves.com, where we have our, our blogs, and, and Adam writes over there, I write over there, and, and that's our philosophy, and that's what, that's what we do. I have a quick question, uh, kind of a, a little bit off topic, but it's still good, from uh, Bill Gooden, Good, Goodjian um, at SGL, and it's, uh, LinkedIn has now their stories, right, the, the new feature, the stories, and what are your thoughts on that? Are you guys uh, fans of that, not fans of that? I, I think Dooner sent out a, a poll on LinkedIn uh, last day or two asking, uh, asking people's opinions. So I want to get you, both of your opinions on this. I, I, don't, I don't even know what it is, but um, I, generally <laughs> speaking, I am all in on new ways to share content. Um, if, that's a, if you can tell stories, mm -hmm. is, it, is it a video? Or is it's it... video, yeah. It's, it's video like, uh, like Instagram or, or I, I think a lot of other people have now. Right. Is it God, you know, Kevin, I said earlier uh, when we were prepping, I got to get better looking if we're going to do all this video stuff. <laughs> but no, well, you generally know, speaking, I'm all in on that. And, and if I could add something on what Adam said, and mm -hmm. I know he does this, is, you know, we spend a lot of time and we get very pumped up about our solutions. So we can talk all day about our solutions. And Adam started to allude to this is so important to be able to articulate your client's problems. And if you can use their words and their emotions, uh, it's even more powerful because if I right now where I'm able to describe your problems, you can say, Hey, Kevin, I know this is going wrong this is going wrong. And I can use your words. And then, and then I go, yeah, and I, I got a solution for that. I don't even have to get elaborate. You're going to follow me and go, Hey, Hey, tell me more. I want to know more about that. And I think what content marketing is not is to Adam's point, it's not selling. It's not um, talking about your solution. And again, we all get very excited about what we can do. Spend time, understanding those big five problems, the five or six problems that your customer has, and then use their words in your content and in your podcasts. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's the real difference between outbound sales uh, where, where, you know, everyone talks about 
consultive selling and everyone wants to do consultive selling but if if everything is outbound if it's cold calls it's cold emails it takes a long time to be thought of as a consultant over a salesperson but with content marketing and the right content marketing that that leads with empathy that describes the real problems that your prospects and and customers are facing uh, that's that's you're setting yourself up to be that consultant that that expert and that's when when the dollars and the sell and uh, right. the success follows. I mean, you, you have to do that. Yeah. You well, know, you know, and, and, and just to add to Joe's point over there, yep. you know, most effective content. So sales today, 80% of it is invisible, right? They're going to search engines. They're looking on social media. They're going to people in the industry and finding out about you beforehand. And if your content marketing really builds that trust with them over time, then by the time they get to a salesperson, they're ready to roll. I can't tell you how many times I had, and this is just being consistent and showing up every day. I think a lot of people give up, right? Um, I like to use this metaphor, uh, and I told it to Ryan Schreiber the other day, the, the 401k metaphor and the salary metaphor, right? So you guys talk about things like LinkedIn stories or podcasts or videos or LinkedIn posts. And that's a little bit like your day job and your salary. And you can include advertising spend in that as well. And these are all ways to get in front of your target audience. Now, those things can be fleeting over time because you're not building equity, but they're important for you to do. And content marketing, especially search engine content marketing, is like depositing in your 401k every single day. Right. You don't abandon it because when you, you put that first $10 in, the next day it's not 1000 You keep going. But at a certain right. point, that search engine equity in, in combination with those activities like LinkedIn stories, which are nice dopamine hits, but if you don't do that content marketing on the side, then you eventually don't have that wealth model right. where you're starting to get those qualified inbound leads. And often people love your content so much that it opens up doors for your salespeople and you become the hero of your sales team. And that's a great yeah. feeling. No, I love, I love it, that it, metaphor. It is, yeah. now, if, if I could throw one in is, you know, when people, when I've done digital marketing with people create a website because I have a web partner and so do some of those. One of the things that people kind of get this, and I know you've lived this too, um, Adam, create a, a website. They spent five to eight, 10 grand, whatever they spent. And they go, so when do you think I'll get leads? And you're like, <laughs> not right away, <laughs> but also I, I've said it, it's like diet and exercise. Uh, if dieting and um, exercise for a day worked, then I'd be slim and trim and get great shape. That's not how it works though. It works. If you say, look, I went to the gym, I went for a walk. I watched my diet for a year, then something happened. And so yet yeah, Adam, you're right. People do uh, give up too quick. They, they definitely do. I mean, I, I, and I, I've seen it. I, I've, I've, I've done it too. I've given up. I've lived it, right? I've given up too much or or too too quickly on different projects that I had going. Um, I always like doing the the research, and we we can talk about research in just just a second. Brian Spray, uh, uh, principal at CEC has a really good question and something that we were talking about right before we went live on air. And do you ever feel, do, do do you ever fear your competition using your content? I know this. I I, th- I think it's kind of a joke to think that way, honestly, because first off, I'm not sharing anything that everyone else doesn't know. Um, and Adam, I know um, I, I, I met Adam because I was kind of competing against him. I remember this goes back, you know, I don't know, eight years ago. And I remember 
Adam would comment, I like this one. And I would, I would look at Adam's articles and I'd go, I'm going to write one just like that. I would add my spin to it. I wouldn't copy. I mean, I could say I have a little different perspective. He did the same to me. That's, and I remember we used to say when we talked, we probably talked every few months, say, we're not competing against each other. We're competing against everyone else who doesn't create content. That's right. Well, you know, and from my perspective, at a certain day, at the end of the day, you have to be aware of where your content is being repurposed. But it's all about community, right? And building a network. And when you have more allies and more collaborators, then you're right. ultimately going to build a coalition where you're leading with value and empathy and, and working with other human beings that help amplify your voice in a very organic and natural way. And then right. that's where the magic happens, right? That's where things spread. But you better be willing to work and understand the nuances of how SEO technical uh, infrastructure works with getting those backlinks, right? And so it's all about being able to know where that content has been placed, how to work with that person, and maybe how to bring them into the fold so you can get more regular backlinks. And so you need right. the tools in place and the marketing technology today to support that content marketing effort, whether that's the attribution that HubSpot supports or the analytics that you see in Google Analytics or the time on site metrics or where your links are coming from. So content marketing is one thing. But you also have to be measuring your success and knowing where your content is being seen and what's being effective and scale that up. Right. Love it. Yeah, you definitely do. Oh, go ahead. I'd like to add something. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about the idea of outbound. So everyone has a cold call because uh, what we described today won't, if you're writing an article or even a, five articles this week, you still have to get on the phone and you have to find time to somehow, if you're you know, an individual that's writing the article, mm -hmm. you still have to make the calls. And one of the things I think that we, we need to do is we need to bring those closer together. And what I mean by that is, and I'm sure Adam, you've done this and probably you have too, Kevin, is when uh, you have somebody who maybe you're talking to over time and they're not so sure they're going to use you. They're still kind of working with the other guy. And if you're, you picked a niche and we, we just talked about picking a niche mm -hmm. and you said, I'm working with all retailers and now I've, I've got another retailer on the line and they say, oh my God, I'm, I'm struggling with this COVID surge. And then you say, hey, I'm um, just FYI, we're doing a webinar on Monday on five strategies to get past the COVID. And all of a sudden you've gone from um, just a guy who bugs them on the phone to somebody who's adding just value for the sake of adding value. And I think that's where um, we need to pull, pull that stuff better, you know, uh, connect the dots better, I mm -hmm. should say. Yeah, definitely. I, and one of those, one of those, or there's two different methods, right? Or there's two different content types. And there are, there, there is evergreen content, and it, it kind of goes back to the dots. There's evergreen content, and there's uh, topical or here and now uh, content. And, you know, there's pros and cons of both. I, I did, uh, I did research, real-time research at, at Carrier List, uh, especially on the ELD back in 2017, 2018, a weekly poll. No one else was doing it in the industry. And I didn't even know how I even got into doing it. I think I was trying, going to try to sell some leads to, to ELD makers and that didn't really work out. And, and I, I, I sent it out to my mailing list. Uh, here are my results of a couple weeks of calling and, uh, a, a great person. 
uh, Andrew Lockwood, who uh, used to be at Kenco uh, and now at Suttoth. We've had him on a, a couple shows. He's actually going to be on, on our, our final mile virtual conference next week. Flip me back all these great analytics. And I was like, well, you know, I, I can partner with Kenco right now and send this out on a weekly basis for at least the next six months while it was topical. And that's, uh, that's, that was such a boom for, for my business and my my you know, my personal brand too, that, uh, it was, it was content marketing. Uh, unfortunately, w- once the ELD mandate came about, it became not very relevant at all. So I was, I right. was left, uh, having to, to scramble and try to find something else that was, that was relevant, but for, for what it was, it, it did really well for, for the six months that it was right. in operation. So I want to know, uh, what kind of mix or, or what the, the pros and cons of evergreen content and, and topical content like COVID-19 is right now? Well, from my perspective, you know, I know, I know one of the things that you have to understand is that you're no longer a website that just publishes blogs. You have to sort of view yourself, and this is how I did it at Saracis, as a publisher. And when you're a publisher and you have an audience and you've created content over time, they come to expect great things from you, especially if you've been doing that before. And so when things come up that affect the industry, in our case, the classes went from an 11 table to an 18 table because LTL was starting to build in more density. Or when Craig Fuller put a blog post on the Sonar blog in April around the time of COVID, he got a recent article with a good keyword and the Google gods awarded him. He had a massive spike that day in search engine traffic, and it generated sonar demo requests. So it is a good mix of both. Um, And I'm here to tell you that you can combine both. And it's okay to be of the mindset that the value of this blog post is to give us recent value to my audience. And you just have to put a purpose to each individual thing that you're doing. And that's the purpose it serves. It's not bad. It's just another arrow in your quiver as a way to give your audience value. Right. And if I could throw something in there, Kev, we yes. talked about this offline, uh, Adam, and I know you've written written all so many articles and so have I. One of the things that Kevin did great over at Carrierless and what you guys do great at FreightWaves is you have actual research. And Kevin said something to me over a year ago is that research is some of the very best content because you can take that research, share that research, but also uh, glean insights from it and share in a way that um, most can't. So if you you noticed, um, uh, universities have done this. So I think my university, University of Michigan, created uh, some sort of index on consumer consumer consu- attitude, yeah, yeah, attitudes yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And and I was saying it was a brilliant idea because now everybody in the media quotes them about that. And then does that help the University of Michigan? I think it does. Um, So you guys have done that at Freight Waves and you did that at Carrier List where somebody says, I I reference Freight Waves stuff all the time. I've I've had, I think, six or seven people from Freight Waves on my podcast because you guys became the experts in the space. You have actual insights into into the business where others, it's kind of anecdotal. It's good, but it's anecdotal. 
Yeah, and one of the good things about the topical or the indexes, I, I've always, I, I've always loved creating an index or, or or doing that because it is powerful. Like University of Michigan at Dow Jones, right? Dow Jones or the the sponsor of right. of the, the stock market index. It doesn't really have anything to do with Dow or, or Jones or S and P five hundred, right? They're just the ones who are, are doing the indexing. And uh, ADP comes out with their monthly employment reports. You know, it becomes an event. And when I was doing the ELD, it became an event. I, I published the results every Tuesday. You know, I, uh, equity analysts were calling me, wanting you know to to, to glean more information. You know, uh, you know, I, I got calls from from customers saying that uh, you know other customers or other competitors were using th- those stats in their slide deck to to customers, right? And, right. and that shareable type of, of situation, right. uh, you can't get more bang for your buck than 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 that right. kind of exposure. And, and, and it's interesting. We see. I think there's a, a poll of purchasing managers. I've heard that one over time. Mm-hmm. I don't know who sponsors that. Probably some organization. But you know, you think about shipper attitudes. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody said, "Hey, here's the shipper attitudes over the last uh, few few years on these different topics." There's a lot of things that you can start to create once you've got that index. It, it becomes money, and it gets more valuable every year if you're doing it right. Oh, and guess what I get to play with now? Not only do I get to you know, <laughs> have content marketing like I did at Ceresis with at Sonar, but we've released a new Monday series called Sonar Indices and Insights. And I think one of the coolest things that I always noticed before even coming to Great Waves was the analysts and their ability to take that data in Sonar and to tell you the real-time true market conditions as it relates to rates, capacity, and overall just holistic transparent freight market activity. Now I get to say, hey, this is what this index does. And we have a number of them. Probably the most well-known is the outbound tender volume or outbound tender rejection indexes. But then it says it teaches you a little bit about what does this index mean? So, you know, insight and context after uh, uh, behind the data. But then I match it up with the great analysis by Zach Strickland or one of our other market experts on, well, what, what are we seeing in this week? For the week ahead. And what does that mean for you as a shipper, a broker, a carrier, and 3PL? And so I don't want people to forget that the reason you're doing this content marketing effort is to generate awareness for your company and to get a lead. And if you can combine your product or service with great content marketing that still adds value, then you've got a home run waiting for you. So it, do not forget the sales process. Marketing's job is to enable sales, and you better be aligned with your sales guys and your sales gals and what they're hearing in the here and now as far as objections and create collateral and content that speaks to that to give give them that air cover. Yep. Adam, if I could throw this in there, and I know you did this and you kind of alluded to it a minute ago. When you joined Cerasis, I remember you telling me this uh, when we spoke about it. You interviewed every single person at the company. So you could understand, you know, what's going on here, but you also were looking to get their insights on what's going on with the customer. So when you sat down to do the content, you weren't the marketing group that was disconnected from sales um, and you weren't the guy who was disconnected from operations. You knew what was going on. And sometimes marketing gets disconnected and we don't have time to spend with them. So the, you know, the best articles are created when you do what Freightways does, you take great writers and you combine them with guys who understand this industry. That's when you get oh, some real fantastic content. Absolutely. And it writes itself at that point, right? The titles write themselves, the keywords write themselves. Right. And you know what? Marketing is 
kind of the role of a politician in an organization. And what I mean by that is you have to build a coalition. And if everybody in the company is aligned with the marketing message that you're putting out there, then naturally those employees are going to engage on their own. And they're going to be frontline salespeople, even if they're an analyst or in operations or in customer service. When everybody's bought into that message and that value uh, that you're producing, then you just get this network effect that's just immeasurable. And I think the industry knows, and they see it themselves, that that's why FreightWaves has been so successful. You have to build a community, even on the inside of your company, so that it also is naturally created on the outside of your company. Coalitions, allies, and leading with empathy and value go a really long way to amplify your voice naturally, even as you rank in search engines. Yeah, that's, uh, you're exactly right about that. You know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, marketing, you know, and it's hard in 3PL and, and the freight industry for someone who's really good at marketing to come in and learn the industry. And it's, you know, a, a lot of people in the industry aren't great uh great marketers. Uh, one person that is, he's, he's on the board right now, Chris Jolly. We mentioned you earlier, Chris, but that, that's someone that, that over the last uh, few months, I mean, every single day he has a video on LinkedIn, you know, and that's not an easy task to do, even if it's two or three or four minutes to, to consistently come up with a, a topic and, and talk about it every single day. That takes a lot of discipline. So hats off to, to Chris Jolly uh, right there, even though he always wears a hat on, on his videos. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it takes discipline, and, and, and we all know that discipline because uh, because we, we've, we've generated so much content over the years that, that it's, it's a tough job. Um, Adam, uh, before we, we let you go on the, the episode, uh, what's, what's kind of your, your top three things you would tell anyone who is dabbling around or wants to be a content marketer uh, for their business or their sales funnel? What are the, 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 where to start? What's the first step and the second step and the third step to, to keep it simple so you don't overwhelm yourself? Yeah, I think it, it is simple. You're simply telling the story of the company. So you better understand the story of the company. So just like Joe said, the first thing I always do, and I did it here when I joined at Breitwaves for Sonar, interview everyone who touches Sonar from customer service to executives. And then from there, Put all of that together and start categorizing the different things that you heard. Start identifying those problems and write them down and lock them in. And those are your categories. Then start ideating blog topics or white papers or future show ideas based on those problems. And then put it into a production sort of project management tool where you give yourself deadlines for the first draft, for editing, for publishing. Because yeah, at I get the end those of the day, emails. Yes, sir. <laughs> on Monday.com. <laughs> and, and it's all about scale and efficiency. I mean, I got to tell you, a lot of people came to Saracis and said, man, you guys must have a large team. I had execs at FedEx and <laughs> JB Hunt, and they're like, you must have like 20 people. And I go, until Mr. Kevin Jessup joined me for the video side, um, it was just me, myself, and I. And it's because I became efficient and I understood that cadence was critical, right? If mm -hmm. you're going to commit to one blog per day, do one blog per day. If you can't commit to it, then don't do it. Because sometimes doing nothing is even more effective than doing it poorly. And you wouldn't lose weight in an unhealthy way. And you wouldn't just diet every so often and hope to get healthy. Or you wouldn't exercise just once a month and say, I'm fit. You got to get up every day. <laughs> and you get, I, I wish, right? I wish it was that easy. <laughs> you got to get up and you got to show up. And it starts with doing the work. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot more effort in the beginning 
But if you can get disciplined and you can stick to those project management tools and those dates, you start to memorize it and get neuroplasticity and it becomes infinitely easier. And then you can go up the business Maslow hierarchy of needs or the content marketing hierarchy of needs and do things like a podcast that you can also scale, a video series that you can also scale so that everything is done with alignment, buy-in from the company, and you feel really good because you're getting website traffic and you're architecting your website with calls to action that either get them to put in a nurture marketing campaign by downloading a white paper or by getting a demo or asking for a consultation. And you have to speak to them in order for that to happen. And just don't stop. Just keep going. It may feel boring because you've made it so efficient, but that's a good place to be. And you know, one thing that, that I've realized since working with you is that you are very efficient. You are. You, 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 you have everything scheduled out in order. Uh, I, I know that I have a, a blog post every week and I get those Monday updates about a first draft and assignments and everything. And I think we have one going out on content marketing today, today. for, for freight yep. sales, right? So it ties in very well. I've got the WordPress WYSIWYG in front of me with about half of that done. So after this show, it'll be published and I'll I'll make sure to put it on the comments of Kevin's uh, LinkedIn post and the Freight Waves live post here so you guys can see it. That's great. I know I sent you a presentation. Feel free to cut and paste, Kev. (laughs) Oh, I will. I will. I'll I'll throw that up on LinkedIn too, uh, the the, the presentation. I love what, what Kevin's uh, what um, Adam said, and you know what, what you didn't hear from Adam is I don't like to write. Nobody wants to write; it's a pain in the ass, and you're doing it sometimes in addition to your other job. Also, what he didn't say is um, some days I didn't publish because I had writer's block or I didn't have a good idea. Um, I've worked with a lot of different people on helping them grow their sales over time. And a lot of times they'll say, yeah, I'm going to write an article, but I was waiting for the epiphany. I was waiting for lightning to strike. You, Kevin, uh, don't have that choice. You have to get it done. Adam doesn't have that choice. And, 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 and that's one of the things that I think is kind of, um, there's an this assumption that Adam loves to write. And so does Kevin and Joe loves to write. That's why they do it. No, it's hard. There's never an easy article. I mean, no. they, some some are easier than others, but they're none of them are easy when you're getting done. And uh, so th- the idea that um, I'm not going to do it because I don't really like to write, or some people will say this, I'm not really a writer. And I'll say, but you have a master's degree. So you explain to me how you got a master's degree without writing. I, we had to write in high school, for God's sakes. Well, I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. So I actually haven't written all of the Saracis articles myself, especially in the later half of my career there, maybe in the first half. But I found an amazing writer who was a good writer, and he loved to write. But he didn't know much about freight quite yet as deeply as uh, you know an expert. And he didn't necessarily know everything about SEO, um, but he knew a little bit. And I, we just kind of worked together over a long period of time, and eventually... I was able to play the role of editor and strategist, right? So I could have him get the meat of it. I could finalize it from a marketing perspective, but that we were putting out the same work product. So it is sometimes tough to continue writing at scale for that long period of time. And you also have to know, when do I need the right resources to apply to my team? And so you have to really understand those kinds of things as a content marketer as well. But if you can get efficient and use those project management tools, we were a month ahead at every single point at Saracis. And guess what? We're getting there with Sonar already because then I can focus on things like building the future podcast 
that we're going to launch from the Sonar side called Stacked, where we're going to talk about the freight tech stack. We're going to have just technology people on from left, right, and center and get their perspective on the role of having the right freight tech stack in order to meet your goals. Damn, if there was such thing as a content monster, that would be it right there. Adam uh, he Robinson. is. Adam Robinson <laughs> is the, the content market, uh, the, the content marketing monster, definitely. We have less than two minutes to, to go, and we have to give out a book. Uh, so it's going to be Joe Lynch's Choice. So uh, what right. book do you want me to give away? Is it Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow? I think we talked about that last week. Yep. And what's the other choice? Uh, it's your choice. I, I just oh, gave you an example. Yeah, Whatever book, book you want me to send think, out. Think, so there's a book that I just read that was called uh, Stories That Stick that I really loved. Oh, Made to Stick or Stories That Stick. Uh, we'll give that away. Uh, give me a number between 1 and 117. Uh, 104. 104. 104 is Chris... Morsinak. So we'll get in touch with you, Chris. You, you won, you won the, the, the book that, that Joe is giving out or that we're giving out. And we are, um, yeah, so, so Chris, you wanna, what was the book again, Joe? It was called Stories That Stick. And it's a great book on telling stories that are kind of related to marketing. And uh, I would recommend it highly. I, uh, I just got done with it and I recommend it to a number of friends. It was just like, man, she just nailed okay. it. Great. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for this edition of Put That Coffee Down. Thank you again to Joe Lynch and Adam Robinson for joining me today and talking about content marketing. It's always fun. Always fun uh, with the original podcasters Thank here. Thank you. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive to win expensive. I got expensive to win expensive. I've been out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. When it rains and it bursts. I'm ready for some more. Yeah, yeah. And I've been reading.